1: Hello, good morning. Welcome to Garibaldi Red. Not in first return to Premier League action on Saturday at the City Ground as they take on Luton Town. We're going to discuss tactics, team selection and if it's a must-win game in the company of Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning. You well? Good
0: morning, Matt. Good, thank you, mate. Good to see everybody last night.
1: Yes, uh, good to see everyone at the live show. I do hope we're live on YouTube. I've actually started this a minute early. I don't know if it doesn't work or not if you're watching on youtube say hello if not we'll probably have people with us in a minute but otherwise we've got uh, plenty of people that's on facebook i think yes live show very good good to see so many people down mikey said there was a couple who came all the way from hertfordshire just to be there which is pretty mad and your mate came from new zealand just to be there obviously as well so yeah good good times had by all
0: yeah that was the sole purpose of his trip was to come and listen to us talk boris in the trent nav for an hour
1: and it's good to be reminded how much Gary Birtle hates Billy Davis as well. That was the, that was yeah, the that highlight. Was a good, that,
0: that was a good debate, actually. I think that would be forever polarising, wasn't it? But it was tempered by a dressing room view from Luce McGugan that he got the best out of those players and led us to the playoffs twice. So, yeah, good debate that.
1: True, true. Let's talk Luton then kick us off with your thoughts on the game. For those who weren't at the live show last night, you were very bullish about our chances. I don't know if that was the the populist crowd-pleasing thing to say or if you really believe we're going to win quite comfortably. How are you feeling about it now?
0: Yeah, You accuse me of behaving like a populist politician, but I genuinely believe, despite all the... The, the appeals for calm from various commentators and, and those connected with the club. I, I, I do think we're now in a, another uh, level to to Luton Town and I, I'm really confident that we're going to uh, win to nil and see the um, emergence of this new style of, of football on the front foot, abandoning the counter-attack and trying to have the ball and, and structure attack. So I, I do see it as a game that I think we should win, that we that we will win. And yeah, just allow me to get a bit excited. I I think this is one of those, uh, the the few games of the last season and a bit where we can go in as strong favourites. And the expectation should be that we're going to dispatch Luton with relative ease.
1: Uh, good to have lots of people with us. Over 100 people at 9 a.m. should be watching like Fraser repeats. I think it's gone back to the first series again. I just saw uh, when I was giving my son his breakfast earlier. Not that he watches Fraser, he's soon put it on YouTube. But um, John, Andrew, Tommy, Lee, Steve, Chris, uh, another Steve, etc., etc. Greg, Charlie, Trevor, uh, Matt, good to have you all with us. What, is, it a, a, is there a danger? thing thinking it's a must win game, Tams, because if Forest don't win the game, there's going to be a bit of a meltdown, inevitably, isn't there? Is it one that they have to win or not?
0: It's not must win, is it? Because we're we're not in that relegation scrap. So what what do the what do the points mean? We finish slightly further up the table, feel slightly more comfortable, and take another step towards towards where we ultimately want to be, which is competing in the top half of the Premier League. So so no, that that phrase shouldn't be following us around um, this year. Let let's create a new phrase. It's a should win rather than a must win what happens if we lose not a lot because we've proven now we can we can take points off off anybody really you've you've seen that evidence back end of last season early uh, part of this so no let's 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 take on board a bit of what Fletch sold to us last week we don't have to use the phrase must win we can use the phrase should win there's nothing one is having a bit of confidence going in and playing against a, a weaker newly promoted side at home that whilst in, increasingly resilient haven't set the world on fire, and for me, still look like relegation certs. Uh,
1: a few people joining us from Australia. It's probably a better time for them, 7pm. We should probably throw in the odd early stream just for the international audience. Have you seen much of Luton at all this season? Have you watched them
0: much? Well, I saw the the, the opening of like, Match of the Day highlights. But I've, I've seen where, where they were the first couple of weeks, where they were seen as you know, absolute fodder and Mm -hmm. potentially troubling derby for lowest points total ever in the premier league i think they'll get past um that that barrier now um they they have got a couple of individuals that 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 are dangerous and still pride themselves on physicality and defensive resilience but they're having to uh, adapt to the the level without the luxury of recruitment they've they've stuck with a, a core of the side that got them promoted and that was a surprise right if our um, storm through the league was a surprise two years ago. The manner in which Luton got themselves promoted in and amongst teams with far better budgets, a far better set of players on paper, certainly far better um, grounds, and a more settled managerial situation—you have to say they're overachieving. But it's one thing to overachieve in the Championship; quite another to overachieve in the in the Premier League. So. You're asking me questions about Luton, but I don't think this game is about them. I think it's about us. And if we do what we're, we're setting out to do, we'll we'll overcome them quite comfortably. Mm.
1: I've seen them in full a couple of times. They look way out of their depth against Chelsea and against Brighton on the opening day. But since then, they've looked quite dogged. They've not been battered by anyone. They've been in every game. And they've got, like, we'll talk about Murillo, because I think Carlton Morris is a decent player. Uh, I don't think he's, like, a top Premier League striker, but he'll, he'll give you problems and then... Doherty and Kabore, the wide players, aren't hopeless at all. So it'll be a test for our fullbacks. But the rest of the team does look kind of championship, to be fair, to be honest. I think you know, there's any disgrace in saying that or any disrespect. So, yeah, it's a game Forest should win, certainly. Um, let's go through a couple of lineups then. We've done them as ever. Uh, slightly different. My my team and Temps' team. We'll do your team first as ever, Temps, and we'll go through mine and I'll throw some names. Out. I'll read it out for the people listening. Uh, not viewing on iTunes and outcomes attempts. So he's got uh I think it's more 4231 than 433, but it's gonna be pretty fluid. I'll let him talk through that. Turner in goal, back for Orier, bolly Murillo and Olaina if fit. Um Sangare and Dominguez at the base for midfields. then Gibbs White, Hudson Adoy, Ilanga in support of Divok Origi. So a few names to talk about there, but just give us the general thinking around that with team temps.
0: Yeah, I've dropped um, Toffolo, Mangala, and Wood, and I think the obvious thing to to do here would probably be just to to plug in an unchanged eleven after the plaudits that Forest received for the performance at Crystal Palace. The one obvious change to make for me was Aina coming back in for Toffolo, who's deputised really well, but I think Aina is more of a a long-term solution. Um, in that in that position. But the two primary motivations for me were A, getting two wingers on the pitch at home. I think that's a really exciting prospect and does make us a front foot side with all the weapons uh, running in the final third that Morgan Gibbs-White can work with and, and create with. And I've made a case to bring in Divock Origi for, for Chris Wood, who has never quite hit his straps for me. I totally accept um, those that say we haven't lent into his playing style. We haven't adapted the way we played to get the best out of Chris Wood. We try and make him a, a copy and place, uh, copy and paste replacement for Taiwo, a one-year, which he, he he isn't quite, despite sharing um, some of Taiwo's qualities. So Mangala, the most unlucky of the three, um, to be left out. But I really want to get Gibbs White in this prime luxury role in the ten-spot. Runners off him. Really, really effective um, guardians either side in in Dominguez and Sangare. I'm not expecting Dominguez to hold here. This is how we've laid out the formation, but he's clearly going to be box to box. If anyone's sitting and enforcing, it's going to be Sangare. But I just I just think this is a team here that's uh, equipped with all of the offensive weapons that that you need to you know, obliterate <laughs> Luton, for for want of a better phrase. Quick word on the centre half pairing. There's been so much debate in this spot for for so long, but af- after that, there's, there's no way in the world he's breaking up um, Bolly and Murillo. Assuming they're they're both fit, and Serge Aurier will probably captain the side from from right back. I've stuck with Turner. I know there's those um, voices that want to see Vlahodimas uh, getting his go, but I still think he deserves to keep hold of the shirt. So I've made a case with three changes where Cooper may well think that 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 doesn't um, exist, but I genuinely think that this side with Morgan Gibbs-White as the focal point, um, even in the absence of Taiwo, could score quite freely.
1: I suppose there's a couple of interesting Let's talk about Origi then. I think, I mean, Dan in the comments make an interesting point about Chris Wood's decent onset pieces defensively. More importantly, I suppose, have you seen enough in Origi to suggest you should start? Or is this one of these picks where it's from a position of weakness in a sense where Wood's not done enough, and you give the other guy a chance rather than him earning the chance. Do you think?
0: Yeah, that's definitely fair because I didn't watch training. So this is one of those where I suppose a bit like Sam Surridge in, in seasons gone by, you, you can sometimes be a, a better player out of the team when the, the guy in the chair isn't isn't quite hitting his straps. So yeah, that's that's definitely one of those. I'm speculating that he's ready to step up and uh, and, and lead the line, but 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 yeah, I've. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've given Chris Wood 2 or 3 chances. I still advocate that he's going to have a a, a role to play, but I think when is fit he's going to be a 20 minute impact man, isn't he? When we go a bit longer, a bit more direct with the passing um, and and look to use his his presence to 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 assist in in uh, in, in trying to find late goals, but I, I think Origi is a more uh, complete striker. Um uh, has a has a bit more mobility. Uh, about him at probably a little bit better, uh, a a dribbler. Um, So, yeah, I've been a bit unkind to to Chris Wood, and I I am um, promoting Origi from a bit of a blind spot because all I see of him is what he does on the pitch. Get
1: ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Um, there's over 200 of you with us, like we say, at 9.15 UK time. So uh, if you do enjoy, it, like and subscribe, uh, spread the word, give us a good iTunes review. We've had loads of those of late and they're all very much appreciated. I'll put a comment on from Heath, which I hadn't considered really, because um, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but it's worth considering. We kind of experimented with the false nine last season. Without Tyra, do you think there's a case for Gibbs White as a false nine in getting forwards around him or have we moved on from that?
0: No, I think it's 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 hard to get up the pitch if if Gibbs White is going to um, occupy that position. Um, we we need someone to occupy centre halves in the, in the manner that Taiwo and Chris Wood and hopefully Divock um, Origi do to allow Gibbs White to, to to do what he does, which is to operate between the lines, to get on the ball in the middle and final third, uh, and and to to take risks, to dribble, to pass, to to thread the ball to. Take shots on to force corners. Everything they do. So, so no. I think you take too much away um, from Gibbs, Gibbs White by playing him as the as the focal point without a striker. Uh, and I don't think you're going to get the best out of um, a Langer and Hudson Odoi if if they're playing as inside forwards rather than absolute, you know, out and out chalk on your boots wingers.
1: Mm. I think I don't think I'd do it. it's a way to get Mangala into the team, isn't it, really? I think that's to play the four three three. I think he says that later. But it would be a bit of a failure recruitment if you signed three strikers, you know, a one year obviously injured Wood and Origi, and then you're not even starting them when you're playing Gibbs White as a makeshift striker. I think you've got to stick with Wood and uh Wood or Origi for now. But I mean the other thing around those forwards is we've already discussed where the goal's coming from. There was a bloke in the pub last night, Thames at the end, who was really not he was aggressive, isn't it, not aggressive towards me, but he was really adamant that Elanga in particular and Hudson odoi haven't really done enough yet. I'm not I, I think that Hudson odois look bright, but Elanga starting, I've said this before, he seems to stand on the ball a lot and look a bit ungainly. Any worries about it? to me he's a better as an impact sub. Any worries about him as a regular starter or do we have to get games into him to fulfill his potential?
0: I'm not gonna advocate him starting games if we're at home against Spurs or, you know, away at one of the, the bigger sides. I'm, I'm advocating for that because I anticipate him having more time on the ball, um, playing against weaker fullbacks. quite frankly. I think, you know, this This is the right course for, for, for this particular horse. But I've got no concerns. I think he's, he's got that one thing that he can't defend against, which is raw pace. We're critical of his end product at times, but we've already seen the goal against Chelsea and the counter- counter-attack he launched for Tywo's goal at Arsenal. And that's not come from dwelling on the ball, quite the opposite. That's that's come from him being the fastest man on the pitch um, and yeah, doing, doing great things in those, in those moments. So we need to see more of him, but we haven't signed him to be a squad player. We invested 50 million quid in a Swedish international that spent a lot of time at Manchester United. And I think this is the type of game that that we we would expect to get value from Anthony Alanga
1: so are you last one on your team are you full-on horses for courses we'll switch the team round match to match or are you more because i'm more let's let's try and get a settled 11 get a pattern to play doesn't really matter who the opposition is you you want to kind of treat Luton as a team we should go out from the off and you don't mind sacrificing a midfielder to be more attacking then
0: Well, we, we talked about this this trio of fixtures didn't we as being the ones in which we could um, establish our credentials as a as a possession side and that, that's exactly how it's transpired the back four the extra man in midfield the pace out wide the focal point up top and and, and gives white being the, the kind of creative um fulcrum but but no we we won't use that style when we play against top six sides we'll still revert to the counter we'll still see the low block at times We'll still see three at the back, back five, depending on how you, how you want to, to describe that. So I'm advocating for a, you know, a relatively settled system um, against the teams that we're going out to beat. But there are still games we're going to set out to draw. And that will require a different approach and therefore a different selection. I think really in the Premier League, it's only the top six that irrespective of opposition have a pretty settled style way of playing and a confidence that the 11 that they pick um, can, can adapt and, and overcome everything that's thrown at them. So there'll they'll still be changes. And I think there'll still be two distinct styles, depending on whether we enter the matches favourites or not.
1: Mm, I was just thinking, you I wonder how many more times we'll see a back three. Um, because Liverpool away and Spurs away, I'd play it. But otherwise, if we're at home against the top teams, I'm comfortable with a back four. It was interesting last night, Sorry to keep going back to the live show people who weren't there, but Gary and Lewis had differing opinions on back three versus back four. Gary says he feels more comfortable with a back three. Do you think we could be successful playing a three against the Luton or anyone? Uh, do we read too much into formations in
0: general? Well, it's the embarrassment of riches at, at central midfield that, that make it tough to play a back three now. So you, if you're parachuting in an extra centre-half, be that Felipe, Warrell. Um, McKenna's in there, of course, as well. That that is at the expense of a of a central midfielder, isn't it? So if you want to see Sangore, Dominguez, Gibbs White, and then two of Mangala, Elanga, Hudson Adoy, Yates in the team, you, you can't play a back three. So the, the, the real question is what's strongest our pile of central defenders or our pile of central midfielders? And at this point, you say it's our pile of central midfielders. Therefore, the back four is beneficial, and getting more of them on the on the pitch. Mm.
1: I've not seen anyone in the comments call for Niakate to come back in because he had one match ban, which he's now served at Palace, and I wouldn't bring him back in. Can you make a case for Niakate, or is it purely it's got to be Bolly and Murillo based on performances of late?
0: I think I mentioned a few weeks ago: there's this internal view at Forest that he he makes strange decisions um, un, under under pressure, and whatever your view on that. You know, calf rake that got him sent off. Um, it was pretty erratic, and there are a few ex, a few examples of that. Where he's at his best is on the ball, um, play in front of him, organisationally talks it up well. He was a Bundesliga captain, but that's the that's the one question mark against his name. Does he make good decisions under pressure? Uh, Forrest call it extreme defending when in in, in training. Um, is is that his relative? weakness but I think forest fans are probably more excited about the potential return of Felipe at some point than they are about getting Neicarte, um into the side um, Felipe's knee still are still preventing him being available for, for selection so no I don't think there is too much clamor for Neocarte at this point I think it's probably fair to say that Bolly has gone above him in the in the pecking order if all things were were even. And yeah, we, we know that Murillo's a, a superstar and we're still not quite sure on on what level. So work to do for him to get back into that side.
1: Yeah, Murray, obviously Murillo's left foot and Nukati's left foot. So he'd have to play Nukati in the, the middle of a three. And that's normally the the calm head. And as you say, Nukati, good player, but he is prone to the odds. Uh, rash moment. I'll put a couple of comments up around that as well. Um, Greg Oram needs to have effective wing backs if we're playing three centre backs at home. I think Ain has been uh effective, not really seen. I mean, Ori is more of a fullback, but he's done a good job. Uh, and, and Matt says, um, attacking wing backs with Murillo given license to attack wouldn't be a bad option. I mean, Murillo as the guy who brings the ball out is interesting, we've seen he can do that, so I think there is scope to play a back three. Uh, and one from Mike, um, what Luton lacking quality I'll make up for in heart and effort. It's not going to be the rollover some people think. Yeah, I did a preview for a Luton um, podcast and I said, I think we'll win 1-0 or 2-0. It wasn't just me butting them up it's not nice. I, you know, I do think it's going to be tight. And also, Temps, one last thing if we look at my team is I don't see us as a team that's going to smash anyone three or four at the moment. I feel like two, two goals a game is probably our ceiling. Is that me being too pessimistic or not?
0: Man, well, I've, why have I become the lone voice of Forest Battering Luton? I keep getting <laughs> everybody's wants to warn me how how difficult this this game is going to be. I, I get it. Every team's competent. Every every game is is difficult. I just think that we're settled now. We didn't get the rewards for the performance against against Palace. But yeah, I'll, I'll stick my neck out. If you're going one nil, two nil, I'll I'll go three 0 mm. I'll 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 wear that, and we can debate it next week. But. Yeah. There's only there's only so many games where Luton can, you know, lose with credibility or cling on for a draw. They've got to target some games to try and win if they're gonna try and get away from the from the trapdoor. And it would be to our advantage if, if if they saw this was one of those games where perhaps they they could have a bit of a go, play a little bit more expansively. But yeah, we're we're ready for that now. And whatever platitudes you, you give your mates on the Luton podcast, I think you should have been honest with them and tell them this is gonna be a walkover.
1: <laughs> I don't. I mean, I hope they wouldn't do that because I don't think they're good enough, and I suspect their manager knows they're not good enough to do that. And they're just gonna have to play like we did in away games and try and hang in there. and I don't think similarly, like we're quite efficient and we move the ball around quite well, like we did against Brentford and Palace, but we don't really rip anyone apart, especially without one year. We don't create those big tap in chances, like those Palace moments were brilliant, but they weren't like sitters for you know, Murillo and Gibbs White. Missed that's why I would have us as a you know, a two-nil win, keep them at arm's length, keep them controlled, that that kind of performance, I would say. Right.
0: two-two-nil now, not not one-nil anymore. Two-nil now. It's
1: a I love two-nil. you. But
0: by the end of this, you'll be at my camp. You'll be you'll be pretty a of trick.
1: Well, I've got to pick my FPL transfer, and you know, it is interesting to go for Gibbs White as the one-week uh, punt. See if we can put three pass, but I probably won't do it. I probably go for a Liverpool midfielder. Right, let's put my team on anyway and see what people think. I'll read this out. <coughs> for The benefit of people listening on uh, iTunes and Spotify, uh, Turner in goal, still back four, same as Temps, Aurier, Bolly, Murillo, and Aina. Uh, three in midfield, Sangare, Mangala, Dominguez, and then Hudson, Hudson, Adoy, and Gibbs White in support of Chris Wood. Um, so to give some general thoughts, and Temps can interrogate me on it. Uh, same back four, I think Toffler would be unlucky, but what's how had done wrong to lose his place if fit? I would have him in. Um, Montiel's injured, we should say, or went off injured in the international break. So, kind of, Aurier would probably retain his place by default, but he's done nothing to lose it either. Same for the centre halves. And same for Turner. We had a long debate about Vlakodemos or Turner. And I do think long term Vlakodemos will end up getting the shirt, but Turner's done nothing wrong uh, at Palace. So, why change? Uh, Sangare, Mangala, Dominguez, sort of, if you're playing a three, picks itself right now. Much as so I love Ryan Yates. Uh, why would you drop Mangala, who now seems cemented in the Belgium team as well, which shows the kind of elevation he's had in the last year, going from kind of a, a fringe player for Belgium and, you know, a, always kind of a 59-minute man for Forrest to now being more of a 90-minute man for both. Uh, I would leave out Elanga still and uh, have that extra midfielder. And then Chris Wood over Origi. I just haven't seen enough from Origi to start games yet. Uh, Wood's far from perfect but his link-up plays decent he just looks like a striker who is competent in a different team but doesn't really fit the way still we want to play but he does a job and I think um, you know he hasn't really let us down he's just not as good as Tyra Awanyi so make the best of it and I would start Chris Wood right throw some thoughts and questions at me Temps, if you have any
0: well, you you backtracked on the keeper, so that's that's cut and dry for you now. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave that one. I think you've lost lost the argument after after last week. What does Ryan Yates need to do to get into your side?
1: Oh, well, I think it's more what do one of these three that have got the shirt need to do to be dropped? It's kind of a why would you change it type thing. Mangala's done well as this deeper lying player. Dominguez looks at the more advanced of the three, and I think Sangari is coming into a bit of form. If I was going to play Ryan Yates, it would still be. At the expense of Mangala, but Mangala's kind of like my great Mangala's always been what is he? And I think we're kind of seeing it more. He's been he's kept the ball so well, he's dictated games more. You probably want him to dictate games and control them and be what like what Freuler was always supposed to be the conductor. And I think Mangala's the one that's taken on that role more than Dominguez. So Ryan Yates would start maybe a Liverpool away, a Spurs away. A ratty kind of midfielder, but at the moment, like Luton at home, I would hope those three have the quality to to win the game, even if maybe they're not as physical as Yates, who should, have, you know, Yates against Sheffield United was brilliant, wasn't he, when he came off the bench and that kind of Championship battle. But I would, I would back those three. Would you have Yates in the team then ahead of one of those three?
0: No, not at this point. I don't think so. I think when uh, when Danilo comes back, he's he's probably ahead of him too, because he's that little bit more more dynamic. And if Sangare can do the, the, the Yatesy interceptions, winning the duels, as well as being progressive with the ball, and that does add so much more to, to the team. Another one for you then, can you get the best out of Gibbs White if he's not in a central position?
1: I think he basically is in a central position still in that team. I know he's playing slightly from the left, but we saw against Palace, he just, play, he just plays centrally still. I think it's not only the best way to get him in. His best position's in that 10, but we don't really... We'd have to drop a midfielder, wouldn't you? I know I spoke about Madison uh, on the last podcast with Fletch. He, You would have to... Because they play with a two and then Madison in front of them, you'd have to drop... I mean, it would be Mangala like you did, wouldn't it? And I, I like that three in midfield for extra protection still.
0: And the final final question... Um, without restriction, if everybody was fit, would that be your first pick back four?
1: Um Yeah, at the moment it would. I mean, I love Felipe, but would Felipe get in ahead of Bolly? On, on current form, you couldn't drop Bolly, could you? So, yeah, I, I, Nia Cate wouldn't be in ahead of Murillo, and I'm playing a back four, so Joe Wall wouldn't be in it. Um, I think Joe's best kind of setting a three, or, you know, he. Warrell's an interesting one because he did well at the end of last season. He had the game of his life against Chelsea and now he's completely forgotten. I'll throw one back at you that I did at the live show about a changing of the guard. And do we think, is the team moving away from Joe and Ryan, much as we love them? uh, You know, are they going to hang at this level and prove they can step up to another gear, do you think?
0: Well, I I don't know what I'm wishing for there because obviously I want Forrest to improve and for the, the bar to raise as to what it takes to get into this team. But I, I think that the squad and the club are so much better for having this um, thread of players developed in our in our academy. Sad to see Brennan Johnson go, but the, the, the money was right and allowed us to do what we're going to do. I would like to think that Joe Worrell and Ryan Yates do have a, a, a long-term future at Forest. Um, maybe not as automatic starters every week. Uh, they they just they just bring a certain something, don't they, to the dressing room, to the manner in which we as fans uh, identify with the with the squad. Um, so the real question is on them, isn't it? Are they going to abide by spending uh, more time on the bench? Now it's so much harder to get into this this Forest side, um, and only they can answer that. I think they're both hungry for first team football, and their attitude at the minute will be, "I'll I'll work my way back into this. I don't need a move. I don't need a loan." it's a new challenge I've seen off all comers before I'll find a way I'll knuckle down and I'll prove through performance that I'm worthy of a, a place in this side but every transfer window that comes along and um, that the shakeup is is somewhat different when it when when the dust has settled Willie Bolly Felipe Scott McKenna I think all out of contract at the end of the season so what happens at that point? you probably have to say um, at this point, Felipe and McKenna move on. They'd, they'd probably probably be new terms for for Willie Bolley. So then the the, the depth changes uh, again, and Joe has a, a chance to, to to get back into the into the side. But um, we've supported them for a, for a long time. Unbelievable players, unbelievable servants to the club. But the bar has reached a point now where you you've got to be exceptional um, to get into this side. And as they have in the past, I hope they can kick on and and, and prove, their, prove their use. But the challenge is harder now than it's ever been.
1: Yeah, I think with Warrell, like, I mean, he's durable. He's touch wood. He rarely misses a game. And, you know, other centrales we have have problems. I think he can outlast them. Um, like you say, Felipe and McKenna, I think, are destined to move on. And bolly's he's 33 isn't he and he struggled to stay fit well as he's playing now so yeah I I think that Joe's still got a long-term role certainly and as soon as we get an injury or suspension he might well get his chance and the same goes for Yates isn't it I'm saying I'm not dropping Mangala Dominguez or Sangari because they're playing so well if Yates comes in and plays as well as he can then why, why should he lose his place in, in a way if you know if Mangala's available again and Yates has come in you would still kind of hope the manager picks the players that are in form so yeah, I, I think they've got a part to play. The question is, like you say, if they're fringe players till the end of the season, do they think, well, actually, I want to play Premier League football and maybe they go to a promoted club or a club that's finished 17th or something and get regular games. I think the challenge is, can they get in a team that's aiming to finish top 10? And that's on. That's for them to to prove to us. But you certainly wouldn't bet against them because they keep doing it. But we're obviously, we're moving forward as a football club now, certainly Right, uh, anything else you want to add before we depart, temps?
0: Well, no, just repeat my prediction Nottingham Forest 3, Luton Town. now very good, very good.
1: Uh, there was a comment I was gonna put up, uh, a couple, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, they were just for eighty-eight 88s and more from Kevin saying they've got um. The part's playing a long, tough season, which I'm sure is true. There's lots of different games, and Cooper's obviously flexible. And Greg sort of says the same. Injuries and suspensions will come. Suspensions is an interesting one. Obviously, we've seen two red cards already, and there's this, this sweeping, you know, wave of yellow cards in the Premier League. Players getting five, I think five years already Anthony Gordon and Nicholas Jackson already picked up suspensions for that. So yeah, we'll, say, we'll certainly see opportunities for those players before we depart uh right uh what was i going to say oh yeah i was going to reiterate thanks to the live show uh good to have everyone with us and the people who came far and wide in the rain to see us uh anything for you terms any other business anything you want to plug or sell before we exit
0: well, yeah, I'll plug my fireworks tonight. So, Saturday the 4th of November at Treadbridge. I'd uh, love to get as many people down there as we can. Thanks to everyone that came to the beer festival. But, look, let's get back to football. We've we've, we've missed club football during the international break. I don't mind watching England. It's a pretty exciting side, isn't it, at the minute? And I, I think they've got a, a a chance at their next major tournament. But for me, it doesn't compare to watching Forest at the minute. And I can't wait to get back to the city ground on Saturday.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, I don't mind England games, but... I'd much rather watch a forest game, frankly. So, yeah, definitely for, for me. Uh, we'll be back on Monday discussing the looting game. Uh, not sure who with yet, but um, hopefully discussing a three, four, five, six nil win, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, uh, and Forest can kick on from there, heading into a, a trickier run of games. Actually, that's uh, they probably do need to uh, give themselves a bit of a cushion and build, you know, that kind of more points than games played to to climb the table now. So that's uh, another facet. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been with us. Over 300 of you with us early on a Thursday morning. So uh, very much appreciated. Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, Matt. See you soon. Yep. See you soon, everyone. Have a good few days. Enjoy the game and we shall see you on Monday.